What's up guys, my name is Barty Arez and I'm the Stop Drinking Coach. Welcome back to the next episode. And in today's episode, I wanna talk about how alcohol, the process of quitting is front-loaded with discomfort and pain, but on the backside is loaded with freedom, joy, authenticity, safety, growth, and self-expression. So what everybody needs to remember, and, and I remember when I first quit drinking alcohol, you know, I, I felt the same way, right? We all think that when we quit drinking, that life is going to be boring and miserable and mundane and dull and, you know, every other adjective that you want to describe, you know, painted in a negative light. But it's not that. And I can assure you that when you follow the right type of program, when you move through this journey with the right intentions and you do the right things, you begin healing, you begin working on yourself, you begin growing, you begin increasing your consciousness and expanding your awareness and creating a greater map of reality, when you begin to better understand the human operating system and how it works, when you increase your stress tolerance and you better regulate your emotions, <clears throat> when you start addressing your underlying fears and anxieties and you begin working through those things and overcoming them, the person that you become on the other side, I guarantee you, I, I am making a personal promise to you, is more incredible, more amazing, more fulfilling than you can even begin to imagine right now. But as you begin this journey, it's front-loaded with pain and discomfort, right? There's so many psychological hurdles that we all have to work through. Number one, the fear of boredom. Number two, having to actually make the unconscious conscious, actually having to go face-to-face -face and confront some of the pain and trauma and things from our past, right? The, uh, the I, I mentioned the boredom, but like, you know, all of these things are really uncomfortable. In fact, there's this great quote by Carl Jung, um, and I just posted it in my, my Slack community, and it's, people will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to face, in order to avoid facing their own soul. Let's say that one more time. People will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own soul. And so, you know, the, it follows to say, one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. And that is what so many of us are afraid of, right? Because, you know, if we grew up in a dysfunctional family, and <clears throat> our parents didn't treat us well or didn't provide us the emotional safety that we needed in order to feel you know, confident and loved and cared for and, and safe, right? We start putting up all these walls. We start creating all these meanings out of things that we're not good enough and that you know, it's not okay to be our authentic self and that you know, it, uh, <clears throat> the world is out to get us and people can't be trusted and I can only secure love in a certain way or I'm only worthy of love if I do this or I'm not worthy of love, right? So we, as you know, defense mechanisms to survive, we create all these meanings and stories to, to, to go out and, and, and we carry these with us throughout our entire life. And then maybe we get married and we get divorced or there's some other pain or trauma that we experience along, along our human journey, right? And so when all of these things happen, 
um, it, it, you know, it, it causes a dysregulation inside us and it doesn't feel safe and comfortable to be ourselves, right? Stress builds some sort of painful emotion builds inside us and we don't want to confront that because it's painful. It makes us sad. It makes us depressed. It makes us want to cry, right? Somewhere along this human journey, we were taught that it is not okay to experience the full range of human emotions, right? You want to optimize and you want to run for happiness and, and enjoy and pleasure and ecstasy and, and freedom. And you want to run away from sadness and depression and sadness and anxiety or, or, or whatever else. But you have to understand that the way through to get to the other side of happiness and joy and freedom and empowerment and authenticity and self-expression is by allowing yourself to feel and confront all of the things from your past, right? And that's hard for us. We're afraid of doing that. <clears throat> but that is precisely what this journey is about, right? We're drinking alcohol to escape. We're drinking alcohol to numb. We're drinking alcohol to change something inside us. So what this all fundamentally comes down to is identifying what is the source of this dysregulation? What is the source that is, is you know, not causing me allow not causing me to, to feel safe and comfortable and connected to this present moment right what's going on in my mind what am i freaking out about what am i thinking about what am i anxious about what am i fearful about right we have to start auditing ourselves we have to start auditing the mind and we have to start auditing the body we have to become hyper aware of every thought of every nuance of sensation and feeling and begin noticing what is going on within our internal environment. If we don't do these things, then we're effectively living on autopilot, right? We might as well just be a robot who is living in a pattern, half alive, half dead. So this is, this is what I work on with, with all of my clients. I create a 90-day lifestyle transformation plan that helps you on every single level wake up and become more conscious, right? Who we are in the present moment, I think we can all agree, is a combination of our thoughts and our actions and behaviors compounded over time, right? So the state of our life in this present moment, as you're listening to my voice, if you were to look back, is a representation of thoughts, actions, feelings, and behaviors acted upon and compounded over a period of time right? We live in a cause and effect universe. There is no such thing as something just spontaneously happening. Everything can be traced back to a source, whether it's a thought, a, you know, nuance of our personality, uh, a feeling, an emotion, anxiety, depression, right? These big, dark, heavy quote in, in quotes, we call it mental health, right? All of these things can be traced back down to a source, far too many of us in the world are living, you know, within our life and just accepting the fact that, yeah, I suffer from depression. I suffer from anxiety. And that doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that those aren't real and valid. They absolutely are. Those are real visceral emotions that many of us feel and they come and go and they come in waves, but it feels like a lot of the world just says, you know, I'm just, I'm an anxious person, right? Well, if we can get to the source of where that anxiety started, 
we can we can solve that we can resolve that same thing on the depression side right when somebody says i suffer from depression the first thing i typically ask is okay well what are you specifically depressed about right that causes somebody to now have to confront and begin digging in and identifying okay well what parts of my life what parts of my narratives, of my stories, of my experiences, of my memories, have I constructed a meaning towards that has disempowered me and made me feel like I don't have any control over a situation? When you don't feel like you have control over yourself or something that happened to you in the past or anything that's important to you, it will begin to cause anxiety and depression. And that's a big part of it, right? A human being that is fully empowered, authentic, genuine, has a calm, regulated nervous system, feels safe in his own skin, has a clear vision for the future, has no need to escape or numb or distract or change anything because they have a harmonious relationship with themselves and they have a harmonious relationship to the present moment. And so we have to understand that quitting drinking isn't just about physically not drinking anymore. <clears throat> That's 1% of it, honestly. It's literally 1% of it. Alcohol use, that is the very end result. It's letter Z in the alphabet. But before that, A to whatever other letter, letter comes before Z, those are all the things that we need to work on. Because when you work on all those things, then the desire to drink really goes away, right? We have to remember that society has socially engineered our minds and our culture to think that drinking alcohol is normal and that you need alcohol to relax and be yourself and have fun. But this is, this is a lie. It's a facade. It's marketing. You know, we've all been tricked. The human system comes fully equipped to handle any life circumstance, any life challenge, any amount of stress. And you know what they say that the saying goes, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And it's in a way it's true, you know, but it's our perception of the thing that we thought was going to kill us and the meaning we constructed from it. And then the way our body wired that causes us to be stuck. Right. And so a lot of the work that we do and a lot of the work that I do from with, with my clients is, okay, let's lift the hood like a mechanic looking at a car. Let's lift the hood and see what parts need to be tuned up, what perceptions, what belief systems, what ways of thinking, what ways of problem solving, what ways of looking at ourselves and looking at the world, what do we need to shift so that we create more optimization and harmony within the mind. And then let's look at the body. Let's identify, okay, are we <clears throat> temperamental? Are we angry? Do we, are we quick to judge? Are we short fuse? Are we, um, you know, if, if certain things happen, do we just re retract away and, and get sad and recluse, right? What, what's happening within the body? And then let's come up with new ways to find a way to regulate this system so that when that trigger does happen, that would normally create chaos, we have another healthy way of handling it. 
And as we practice that new way of handling it enough times, that becomes normal. That becomes second nature, right? Who we are is nothing more than a series of patterns that we have practiced for the last however many years old you are. So when I look at Bardia right now in the present moment, when I look at my identity, my ego, my perception of reality, my perceptions of myself, I don't take it personally. Who I am in the present moment is simply a representation of all of the data that I've consumed from the time I was born and started to construct meaning in language and learn language. All of the data between the media, my parents, school systems, friends, books I've read, podcasts I've listened to, YouTube videos I've watched, movies I've watched, comedies I've heard, right? I am a representation of those things. And once you realize that who you are, right, the, the struggle humans have is that they take themselves too seriously. They think, this is who I am. This is my identity. You don't get it. You don't understand me. It's like, no, I get it. I understand you. Who we are is a representation of the data that we've taken in and then the meaning that we've given to that data. Now, how do we construct meaning? Well, we construct meaning typically based off of what we learn from and the way we model our parents and the way our parents constructed meaning. So if our parents constructed meaning in a certain way and they were negative or they didn't allow freedom of self-expression or they were fucked up all the time on drugs or on alcohol or they were overly focused on work and didn't give you the love and attention that you needed or they were overly focused on having you perform because um, they didn't want to feel embarrassed about their kid not being X, Y, or Z, right? Because again, they were emotionally immature and were projecting onto you fears and insecurities about themselves, right? When all of these things happen when we're young, they construct our mental models and maps and perceptions of reality. So again, it's not normal to be drowning ourselves in alcohol, right? And if you just try to quit drinking alone, but you don't begin addressing all these underlying psychological patterns of thinking and behavior and emotions and feelings and how we relate to ourselves and to, to reality, it, it's not going to work. Because in order to sustainably free yourself from the slavery of addiction, we have to achieve a biological upgrade in the system as a whole mind, body, and spirit. It's not just about how we view ourselves. It's also about how we view the world. If we're angry at the world because we hate the government and we're sick of media, then that's going to cause us emotional turmoil, right? And when that pain builds and builds and builds, and we don't have a good way of handling and discharging that emotional turmoil, then that will build and build and build and build. And eventually we're going to say, forget about this. I'm going to have a drink. Right? So each and every one of us, if we were to begin reflecting back on our past or even just in the present moment, what is our state of mind? How do we relate to ourself? What's our perception of reality? How do we feel about other human beings? How do we feel about the state of the world? How do we feel about our future? 
Do we have hope? Do we have clarity towards where we're going? Right? How do we feel about our past? Do we still hate our parents? Are we resentful of our parents? Or the person that wronged us or hurt us? Right? All of these things need to be brought to the surface and they need to be addressed. And so the theme of this podcast episode is that quitting drinking is front-loaded with some discomfort and pain, but on the back end, it is full of freedom. The thing you've been searching for your entire life is available to you. That freedom, that authenticity, that feeling of safety, that feeling of having control over your income, over your ability to go out and create, to be creative, to be artistic, to be inspiring, to be in great shape, to be a role model to other people, to be able to travel the world, to be able to have great experiences alongside people you love, to create memories. All of the things that you want are available to you. But in order to get there, we have to be willing to take the things that are unconscious, meaning running the show and running the script in autopilot. We have to be willing to become hyper aware of all of the things within the system, the mind, the body that are causing dysregulation. And then we need to be able to address those systematically so that we can get to a place where we ascend from a lower level of pain, of guilt and shame and hate and fear and anxiety into a higher frequency of acceptance, of courage, of forgiveness, of bravery, of willingness. There is no other way. There is no secret. There is no secret. The only way through to the other side is you have to be willing to walk through the fire. Because if you don't, the fire will maintain and it will burn you and it will destroy you. And we all have to do it. I mean, this is the human journey. We each have our own unique curriculum. We should not compare ourselves to other people and say little Susie or John over there across the street can drink and they seem to be successful and happy. Why can't I? It's not about John and it's not about Susie. This is about you. We all grow up with a different genetic code. We all grow up with different personality tendencies. We grow up with a different set of family members and experiences and in a different geographic location. And all of our parents had different viewpoints of reality. And many of us maybe spoke a different language. And so there were cultural differences. Like you can't compare. Okay. You just, it's, it's us versus us. It's me versus me. It's you versus you. And so to get through to the other side, we have to be willing to endure this, this discomfort temporarily and realize that the discomfort doesn't last that long, right? The first two weeks we've got some alcohol withdrawals, you know, we feel some anxiety. We really want to drink and we just have to get through it, right? Remember that alcohol, you know, cravings, they last 30 minutes to an hour tops. Most people think that they're going to last forever, that if they don't get that drink, they're going to be in that, that perpetual state of craving and anxiety, fiending all night, but they last 30 to 45 minutes most of the time, right? So we deal with some cravings early on. We deal with a little bit of boredom, you know, because our, our, we've systematically assaulted our dopamine, right? Dopamine comes back 
comes back. It, it regulates back to a normal state. But you have to have the courage and the willingness to push through long enough to give your system, your organism, some time to heal. I mean, when has it ever failed you? Every time you've cut your, you fell down and scraped your knee as a kid the thousands of times and you got scabs and bruises, it always healed itself. Every time, you know, you fell down at school, you broke your arm, you got hurt. Any pain that you've ever had in your life, the body found a way to recover and heal itself. And it didn't even take any effort from you. It just did in the background. That's how incredible this machinery is. So you have to give it some slack. You have to start developing some, some skin, some courage to withstand some of the pain. That's your body screaming at you and yelling at you a few days after you stop drinking when you start to get some of those withdrawals or you start to feel that boredom. That's your body yelling at you saying, yo, what the fuck were you doing to me for the last 10 years, 20 years? Okay, And you have to have the courage to allow yourself to sit with it and realize that it's not forever. Most people start feeling tremendously better. I mean, I'm talking night and day difference within 14 to 30 days. The first week is really the toughest. Everything starts to come back. And in the beginning, it feels like life is going to be boring and that you're not going to be able to have fun. And what about barbecues? And what about dating? And what about sex? And what about, you know, all these things? But what I can tell you is that when you follow the right type of program and system, like the ones that I take my clients through, you evolve as a person. Your values change. Your personal standards change. The way you relate to yourself in the world changes. When I use the word expansion of consciousness, it sounds new age and it sounds, uh, yeah, like what does that even mean? But it's real. Like who I was in my map of reality and how I viewed the world a little over two years ago was wildly different than how I view the world and humanity and myself today. It's like, it's like comparing, you know, an eight-year-old and a 30-year-old, right? The eight-year-old will say, yeah, I'm big. I'm a big kid. Treat me with respect. I'm, I'm an adult, as we should. We should always, you know, still do that. But like the eight-year-old thinks he's got it figured out. Or the teenager, right? The angst, angsty, angry, you know, rebellion 14 or 15-year-old who thinks they've got it all figured out. But we clearly know, I mean, they have no map of reality. <clears throat> they have no conception of how the real world works. They don't understand the value of a dollar. They don't understand so many things, right? And it's the same thing. When we're beginning this journey, it feels like we're, we're kind of the eight-year-old. We've tried everything. We've tried it on our own. We're like, listen, this is, I've tried, like, this is going to be impossible. But then you get into it two years later and you have the map and conception of a 30 year old or a 40 year old who has lived a good life and has educated themselves and is self-aware. And it's, it's entirely different. 
It's entirely different. And so the reason I'm making this episode is because I want to encourage you to have the willingness and to, to muster the courage to take that next step, to reach out and ask for help because it's virtually impossible to do on your own. Everything I've just talked about, right? It's so much more than just quitting drinking. It's a deep lifelong commitment and journey to doing the thing that you were always supposed to do in the first place, which is discover the nature of reality, grow as a human being, learn, expand yourself, fulfill your potential, acquire new skills, increase your, 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 you know, tolerance to stress, learn how to regulate your emotions, be a strong, confident, you know, self-reliant adult, not saying you're not any of those things. Many of you who are listening to this podcast have a, a, a you know, a, a very functional life outside of alcohol. And so I'm not discounting any of that, right? I'm, everything that I'm saying is the thing that clearly hasn't been addressed, right? Work can be good. You can be making great money, security, stability. We own a home. Maybe we have a family, right? We're responsible for other people. Maybe we have employees, etc. Great, beautiful. I'm, I'm not discounting any of that by any of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that there is always an underlying reason as to why we're turning to a drug to escape, disconnect, numb. And it often comes down to emotional regulation and our architecture of maps and meanings. And so this process is about redefining that map and redefining the meaning that we place on ourselves, on our memories, on what happened to us, on what's going on in the present moment and the future. Because I say this time and time again, as we start to create a harmonious relationship with ourself and a harmonious relationship with the world that we live in, with reality, with the earth, with the ground, with nature, there becomes no need to go out and systematically commit a slow suicide. I mean, look at nature, right? You don't see animals like consistently going out and hitting the bar or like it, it, it's, it's the opposite of what nature does. Nature has a natural tendency to evolve and adapt and become stronger and more resilient. This is what nature does. This is how we got here. Alcohol does the opposite the complete opposite. It makes you less resilient. It destroys cognitive function. Your brain is the most essential tool that you have. It's what allows you to live. It's what allows you to gather resources. It's what allows you to connect with other people. It destroys cognitive function. It destroys the brain. It destroys the vital organ that filters out, you know, poisons, your liver, your kidneys. It destroys and degrades muscle. Muscle is required for longevity. One of the greatest indicators of, of longevity is somebody's, you know, muscle mass. De degrades, just burns muscle mass away. You know, alcohol makes it impossible to, 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 to effectively burn fat. Makes fat loss really hard. What's, what's a big sign of metabolic disease? Type 2 diabetes? Fat around the waist, metabolic fat, uh, you know, subcutaneous fat around the waist. 
And so literally alcohol does everything in the opposite direction of adaptation and evolution, right? So if this is starting to make sense, think about now, what are we doing here? Why are we committing a slow suicide? Well, there has to be some meaning, some map, some statement, some line, some architectural uh, process within ourselves that is causing us to, to pour a, a poison into our system. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. There's no hope. There's no con I don't have any control. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not skilled enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. The world doesn't care about me. Being authentically myself isn't safe, and I'm tired of wearing this mask. And so I don't want to do this anymore. Right? It can show up in so many different forms. I'll never be able to be confident. I'll never be able to live the life that I imagine. Right? It's a variety of statements that then cause a trigger of a lack of safety in our body, right? We go into a fight or flight state, stress response goes up, adrenaline starts pumping through our body. We become retracted from life rather than open to life. We get overwhelmed. The system just goes into overload because it doesn't know where all this came from or, or why it's here. Right? The mind is in chaos. The body's in chaos. That's overwhelming when it's been like that for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Right? And so what do we do? We go and we drink. And so the game here is about our journey home, our journey home back to ourself. Rediscover who is John? Who is Sally? Who is Bardia? Who am I? Why am I here? And what am I left to do? Right? If I have another 30, 40, 50, 60 years to live, 70 years to live, how do I want to live out this remainder? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. And I know in this moment, that might seem like an impossible question to answer. But that's okay. That is what we discover slowly but surely when we remove the toxic poison from our system, which damages our mind, our emotions, our energy. Every aspect of the human operating system gets destroyed. So once we remove that and we start to develop a sense of clarity and homeostasis and balance within the mind and the body and the spirit, we then develop the capacity to be able to open up and identify, okay, what do I now need to heal effectively? And what do I want for my future? And if you don't have all the answers, that's okay. It's perfectly normal not to have those, those answers. But that's why you work with a, a sobriety and a life coach myself who has frameworks and systems and models and templates and tools and strategies that you can plug into and use in a very simple, practical way that will allow you to develop those things so that you can move finally, move forward in your life and 
become the person that you know deep down you're capable of being, right? Just ask yourself, who could I be if I wasn't afraid, if I wasn't anxious, if I felt safe and comfortable expressing myself and being my authentic self, if I wasn't afraid of the judgment and opinions of other people, what would I do? How would I spend my time? That is the question that we all as human beings need to be asking ourselves, because we're not here forever. The greatest error in thinking is that, you know, we're just going to die of old age on our deathbed. You know, it's one out of a hundred people. Probably we don't know how much time we have. Every moment is precious. It could be up next week for me. I don't know. Could be up next month for you. So we have to start waking up and becoming conscious and being willing to confront the unconscious so that we can bring it to the surface so that we can work through it, address what we need to address, write letters to the people we need to write letters to heal the little boy or girl in us that's crying for help and then begin working to do things that will optimize our life. Because what's the alternative? What other reason, what other good reason are we here on earth? I mean, nobody has an answer. It all appears to just be made up. But what I can tell you is a good answer, one that will provide you a deep sense of meaning and purpose and fulfillment and allow you to feel aligned and happy and joyful and connected and happy will be this process. There is no way to happiness and peace and freedom and joy when you've still got all this stuff going on inside you that's unresolved. There's just no way. You can try to buy it synthetically temporarily for 10 or $20 and you can try to consume it through wine or vodka or beer, but we already know where that got us. So understand this journey in the beginning is front loaded with a little bit of discomfort and pain, but on the other side, you gain your potential back. You gain everything in your life back, your relationships, your health, your energy, your clarity, your finances, your control, the agency you have over your mind and body, your life, all of the dreams that you have. You want to write a book. You want to be a speaker. You want to inspire people. You want to create a personal brand. You want to create a side hustle. You want to get into a new career. You want to get yourself in a place where you can remarry. You want to get yourself to a place where you know, you can create a nonprofit or a foundation. Whatever it is that you want to do is available to you when you're not systematically poisoning yourself and you optimize your system back into a place of safety, confidence, certainty, and vision. And that's what I'm here to do. You know, my brand, who I am, the way, you know, my TikTok is, it's called the Stop Drinking Coach, but it's so much more than that. My passion lies in human optimization in taking an individual from a place where they don't have a map of how to move forward and to give them a map that works so that they can go out and truly experience 
the possibilities of their life rather than reliving the pain and possibilities that somebody else gave them. Their parents, their abuser, right? I'm here to rewrite the script. I'm here to help you wipe the software clean and I'm here to help you install a new operating system in the way that you view yourself, in the way that you view reality so that you can go out and be the person that you want to be. So I appreciate you listening in. Remember that this journey, the boredom, the fear, you know, forget about all that. We take it one day at a time. You know, I had two years of sobriety on Wednesday. And when I quit at 29, I didn't think about the fact that I'm never going to drink again. And two years into this thing, as a stop drinking coach and everything else, I still don't tell myself I'm never going to drink again. It's because it doesn't matter. It's not relevant. All I know is today I'm not drinking. There's no fucking way. I'm not going to do it. And the way I got to two years was just by doing my absolute best every day, following a system, and enough of those days stacked to hit two years. And when I hit five years, it's, it's, it's going to be the same thing. But again, I don't even think that far ahead. I don't think about my sobriety in any way in the future, but today. And in the beginning, it seems tough. Getting that first seven days, getting that first 14 days, that first 21, that first 30, seems a little rough. But eventually, as you begin to do all of this work, you evolve as a human being. And it becomes second nature. Staying away from alcohol becomes the new autopilot. And then everything else begins to improve. So appreciate you for listening in. Thank you so much. If you've received value from my podcast in any way, I would love for you to leave a five-star rating and review and share this with somebody you know, somebody who you think could benefit from it, who might be either struggling with alcohol or has developed or might be developing a problematic relationship. Uh, my goal is to provide as much education and awareness um, as possible to help people you know, redefine the way they look at this process. So thanks. And I will see you in the next episode.